Be inspired to love life, to achieve extraordinary feats and to change the world around you for the better. Welcome to Love Your Life, Tell Your Story by Kathleen Marriott. Welcome to Love Your Life, Tell Your Story by Kathleen Marriott. Here, Cole Mabry shares his inspirational story of his maternal grandmother and a search for her lost son. Her unrelenting quest to find out the truth about what happened to her son was incredible. The stories that didn't stack up about her son's hospitalisation and his whereabouts and what she finally uncovered is both heartbreaking and inspiring. This is Cole's first story. Welcome to our first show of Love Your Life, Tell Your Story. It's lovely to have you here, Dad. So the purpose of this show, this podcast, is to have guests on and tell their story where they've loved their life and they have some interesting stories to tell. So our first guest happens to be my dad, who I love very much, of course. (laughs) So he's had an interesting life and still lives a very full and interesting life at near 86 in April. And a lot of people in Newcastle might know him and certainly um, other people in the astronomical world as well. So we're here to tell stories about him today. He has a personal story though to tell today. So it's not about astronomical society or about the stars because we thought we might start off with a historical story about an Anzac. And that Anzac was my uncle, Victor Emmanuel Farr. And he was 19 years of age when war broke out in 1914 and he immediately signed up. He was a wheeler, underground miner, in control of horses and skips at the underground mine in Catherine Hill Bay and he went into Newcastle and joined the army and uh, after six weeks of training was sent overseas to Egypt and from then on he trained and became battle hardened shall I say in in learning how to use all the weapons of war and then sailed on the ship to Gallipoli and he landed in the early hours of April the 25th 1915. Well welcome Cole. So Cole is the second generation nephew yes of um nephew is that right are you a nephew yeah, of victor emmanuel far yes i'm a nephew so cole mabry and victor is your mother's brother so can you tell me cole when was victor born in tamworth or actually gunny up near tamworth what year was he born date of birth 15th of september 1894 Place of birth, they've got down here, Tamworth, but they were actually on Gunnaganoo Station. And his father was Thomas Farr, a labourer of 33 years of Kings County, Ireland. And his mother, of course, was my grandmother, Mary Ann Thompson, and she was 19 years of age at that time. So she was 19 and, and Victor's dad was 33. There's some age gap there. Isn't there? Yes. She was already a mother at 19 too. Victor's so, uh, brother. Wow. At 19. So this was different times, of course. And so Mary is your great-grandmother and my great-great-mother. So go go ahead and tell about Victor Farr. I've got a photo in my hands here of a strapping young boy standing here at the back row of a picture of prior to the Anzac invasion. And in this photo we have 10 soldiers and Victor certainly is the tallest of amongst them. So he was a strapping young bloke. Six foot three and 13 stone. Wow. 
and I can see the family resemblance. In fact, he looks the spitting image of my sister's younger sister, Kerry. He is a spinning image of her son. They're here they have their slouch hats on and he has his hand on the shoulder of T Woods and they look like they're great mates. They were. So they're preparing obviously to go to battle in this photo and tra in training because he signed up to go to Gallipoli. Yes and on the 25th of April in the early hours of the morning he landed on Gallipoli Beach and he charged up the hill into Shrapnel Gully and that was the last that was ever seen of him and very sadly uh, no one knew where he was and his mother sometime after after had received a telegram saying that he was wounded but that he was progressing satisfactorily and on the 30th of July she wrote to the officer in charge of military base records in Melbourne and she said sir I'm writing to you for information about my son I was told he would, had been wounded and consequently I haven't heard from him and he was always very good at keeping information. And that's what we need to tell our listeners. What's this podcast about? It's not necessarily about the loss of Victor Emmanuel Farr. It's about the story of a mother who went on a year's journey of fighting with the government to find out what happened to her son. Yes. Have you got a story to tell? We'd love to hear it. Connect with Love Your Life, Tell Your Story now on Facebook and Instagram. The Australian Forces Control didn't want to tell the people that 2,000 men had been killed on that first day and so consequently they tended to play it down. No, he's been wounded, he's quite all right, but eventually you'll get from him, knowing full well that the story would come out later on. But at the time they wanted to cover up the terrible carnage that the soldiers had felt. So what happened, Victor goes to battle as the command was. So Churchill gave the command for the Australian Anzacs to go to the Battle of Ongolipoli, Kamakali. And they do that, obviously. And we all know the story. Yes. And he runs into Shrapnel Valley and he is killed. Yes. And there is a plaque. I've been to see that plaque, as you have, and it's very moving. And anybody, any Australian who goes there finds, I feel, the same emotion and if you have the privilege to go there on Anzac Day, it's it's an incredible moving moment. I haven't been on Anzac Day, but I have been there other times. Now Victor's plaque is on the wall, and it's a privilege to have that plaque there. That's at the Lone Pine Memorial, and one of the most sacred places on Gallipoli. And the Turks have been very good at allowing the Australians to build mementos and um, and things on Gallipoli that belong to them and they're very very proud of it. Yes and I've had that feeling of a warm welcome from um, the Turks who were very friendly and helped find that plaque because I, when I went there I didn't know where it was but they certainly helped me find it. Now Victor dies on that day and Mary is told what? Mary was told that he had been wounded, that he was in hospital and but was progressing well and not to be concerned but after months she started to get very worried and started to write letters and then eventually to the Member of Parliament and they all came back to the same captain in charge of Army Base Records and he just dismissed all of them because he was in control of the whole lot and so he told the, um, the Member of Parliament we've sent a cable to Egypt and they say that uh, they will investigate what's going on and it was 
stalling for time all the way through. Are you from a company that wants to connect with thought leaders from across the globe featured on the Love Your Life Tell Your Story podcast? Email Kathleen at KathleenMarriott.com.au Well, obviously Victor isn't contacting his mother. No. (laughs) And she would have been expecting some message from Victor Mm. to say, Mum, I'm okay. Or Mum, send me some biscuits. So there's nothing from Victor. Could you read... Mary's first letter. Certainly. To the officer in charge, Military Base Records, Melbourne. Sir, I am writing to you for information of my son, Private V.E. Farr, who was wounded at the Dardanelles. I received a wire from the Defence Department on the 15th of June last about him being wounded and his being in hospital. No news since. I am very much worried about him. Will you please let me know where he is and how he is wounded, and by doing so, you will greatly oblige Mary Drummond. P.S. My son's address is Private V. Far, D Company, 1st Battalion, 1st Division, 1st AIF, Egypt. Wow. So that's a mother in pain asking for assistance. Can you tell me what the response was? The response was, in reply to your inquiry of the 20th Alt, Concerning your son, number 828, Private VEFAR, 1st Battalion, I beg to inform you he is not reported as seriously wounded, and Egypt advises in the absence of further reports, it is to be assumed all wounded are progressing satisfactorily. It is regretted that the nature of his wound and the hospital in which he is located are at present unknown. Next of kin will be immediately notified upon receipt of any further information. His postal address is as followed, number 828, Private V.E. Farr, Wounded, 1st Battalion, 1st Infantry Brigade, 1st Australian Division, Alexandria, Egypt. Yours faithfully, Captain, Officer in Charge, Base Records. So she's informed that he is in Egypt, but unknown, and as far as we've found out, or you found out in your investigations, there was a duffel bag in Egypt as well. Yes, we found out much later on that the duffel bag was still there and that indicated that he was not. Mm. Want to keep the conversation going and connect with like-minded, positive people changing our world for the better? Be inspired by fellow changemakers and join our closed Facebook community to keep the conversation going. Search Love Your Life, Tell Your Story now. So Mary is... Um, placated if you like by this response and she then investigates further to find out why he hasn't responded or Victor isn't writing to her to let her know again so Mary writes again. Yes and plaintively she's starting to write because she's starting to realise something is going wrong. To the Honourable GF Pierce, he's the Minister for the Army, she wrote Dear Sir, about eight weeks ago Mrs. Drummond, Mother, I'm sorry, I'm reading the story that is sent by the the official army organiser and recruiter in Catherine Hill Bay. And uh, he wrote to the Honourable G.F. Pearce, and he says, About eight weeks ago, Mrs. Drummond, Mother of Private V.E. Farr, had word from the department that he was wounded. Since that time, they have been unable to get any news of him. His parents have written to every source of information that they know of with no result. Naturally, they are very anxious to know where he is and if doing well. I have been taking an active interest in the recruiting work, so they came to me asking if I would 
try to get them news of their son for them. They are working people and not having much means at their disposal did not know what to do next. Could you tell me if there is any place where I can cable for news of the young man or suggest any way in which I can hear of him? Will you kindly reply as soon as you possibly can? And his address is given and he replies as Mr. Alexander Gessing, Gessing, Catherine Hill Bay, 23rd of the 8th, 1915. And the response from the government was what after that? The response was... I am in receipt of your further letter addressed to the Secretary of Department of Defence concerning the reported wounding of her son, number 828, Private V, Far 1st Battalion, and regret no further particulars have been re- received since my um, communication on the 4th ult to which I would have you refer. So he passes it off to the captain in charge of base records. And how long did this continue? Just about a year. It was finally, finally they sent her a telegram that came through the priest at Morissette to say that their son had been killed. They had to have a court-martial, to so to speak, uh, a court of inquiry, and the court of inquiry had a witness, and the witness said the last that was seen afar was in Shrapnel Gully. And the witness went on further, but they deleted this. He said it was no wonder they don't know where he is because of the carnage and the um, the disruption of that day. And that's been deleted out of most of the letters because they didn't want people to know what a so mess it was. So they knew all along that Victor had died I on that day. I think so. Who delivered the news to Mary? The priest from Morissette. He brought over, he got a telegram and uh, was asked to go and give it to Mary and he gave it to Mary. And Mary was obviously devastated by that. Did she write to the government again? No, but there's one very, very telling piece where they ask further, did she know where they were buried? There are lots of her letters, over a dozen letters over the period, looking for it. And finally they sent to her, and this is one of the saddest things that you could possibly imagine. They said, Dear Madam, I regret very much that notwithstanding the efforts of our Grave Services Unit, we have so far been unable to obtain any trace of the last resting place of the late number 828 Private V Far 1st Battalion. And they go on further to ask, has she heard anything of it? And she had, from the Corporal Mather, who's included in that early photograph that we had, she wrote back, and this is the 14th of May, 1921, still searching for her son. She wrote back, Dear Sir, your letter to hand yesterday referring to my poor son's place of burial. I only wish I could tell you I knew he was buried. My sorrow would not be so great, but no one can tell me as he was wounded and missing from the day of the Gallipoli landing, later reported killed on that day. Mm. Enclosed you will find letters I received from his mate. They may assist. Will you please return them? Trusting you will excuse me, as I am very much worried at the loss of my boy. I remain yours sincerely, Mary Drummond. How heartbreaking. Mm, Frightening. So this photo here that I have in my hand here has Corporal Mather at the end. So Corporal F. Mather and he's on the end here. Yes. So in this photo we have back row Victor Farha on the end. On the other end we have Mather. We have in the middle we have Woods, Penfold, Monks. In the middle we have Bates and Faraway. And on the front row we have Healy, 
Hopewood and Jackson, all of them being readied to go to Gallipoli. Mm. Have you ever found out, obviously Mather made it through that day. Oh, yes. Have you ever found out about any of these other people, other soldiers? Yes, some of them were killed, some weren't. Their names are all on the honour board in the Surf Life Saving Club at Catherine Hill Bay and on the monument, there's quite a big monument further down in the middle of the town and their names are all on there and some of them marked with an asterisk indicating dead. So they didn't make it they didn't make beyond it. that day. So all those soldiers went to Gallipoli um, and they were all locals from Catherine Hill Bay, New South Wales, Australia. And all young men all went to battle for that day. It was a very sad thing. My grandmother wore black for the rest of her life. So this is a photo of her. And that's a photo of her. I remember her and... um, My parents used to tell the story that as a four-year-old I was climbing on her knee and I kept on saying, I love you, you little black bugger, I love you. (laughs) So she looks like a tiny little thing. She was. And so she went on to obviously have your mother, my grandmother, Mm. who was an amazing woman herself, quite a suffragette. (laughs) She was a Gladys Ivory Maybury, so she was a, a drummond. And she had a sister as well who was May. Auntie May. Auntie May. Um, so she she raised two amazing women. So and had her son, first son at fifteen, then nineteen, and then two very feisty women. <laughs> so she was an amazing woman, and she went to fight the government to get that information until she did, and she continued to fight the government about the Battle of Gallipoli. Yes. What a legacy to have as a grandmother having her first child at 15 and going on and she had a number of husbands as well a few a few i believe four Um, no i think only three okay well i think dad her first son at 15 was from one her second from another and oh yes you're right her other two children i have done a bit of investigation on ancestry.com but she was a woman to be proud of that I'm proud to have as my great-grandmother, your grandmother, and I love the letters, so they're um, amazing. And and when you read the whole letter, lot of the letters right through, which we can't do today, I'm so proud that she fought that, to get that information about her son. So thank you very much for sharing that story and that you investigated that in your life and not obviously not part of the astronomical society i would like you to come back to talk about the astronomical society which is what i thought you would bring today it's a surprise that you brought the um victor far story but it's such a pleasure to have that as your first podcast story today so you have loved your life and your first story was wonderful so thank you very much and i would welcome you to come back to talk about your astronomical society stories certainly thank you very much thank you captain this is only part of our story to hear the rest leap forward to the next podcast and give us five stars wherever you listen love your life tell your story by kathleen marriott